Hey everybody, this is Sally with Legendary Lasses. Before we, you get into this episode, we wanted to give you a couple of housekeeping notes, a couple of disclaimers. The first one being that the sound quality of this episode isn't what it normally is. And that's just because we recorded this episode distantly and we're still trying to work the kinks out on that. And we also wanted to let y'all know that this won't happen all the time. Our second note is that in this episode, we discuss themes that some might be sensitive to, including transphobic and homophobic violence, including murder, police violence, abuse of queer people, sex work, HIV AIDS, AIDS related illness and death, sexual assault, homelessness, mental illness, including forced hospitalization and medication, suicide and drowning. Again, if you're sensitive toward any of those topics, we completely understand and feel free to skip over this episode and listen to one of our other ones. Um, I would probably suggest our episode on Dr. James Miranda Barry or even our most recent episode, which was our Halloween special where we covered Mary Shelley. Uh, so before I start rambling, um, I hope you really like this episode. It brought up some very interesting topics and we had some really great conversations. Um, so without further ado, take me away intro music. Wait, what smells like hot dogs? Lilies. <laughs> Lilies? Lilies, like the flower. Huh. Like, this lady at work got a big bouquet of lilies. And, and like, does it just smell like hot dogs right It now? smells like hot dogs, because, like, I'm right across from her, from her office, and she leaves the door open. I'm just like, it smells like stale fucking hot dog, just boiling out like a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> It's just nasty. So I feel like right off the bat, we should mention <laughs> that we are recording distant- distantly. Yes. Yeah. Or at least I am. <laughs> that sounded just like Quincy <laughs> That was so good. I'm actually going to stand in for when she, uh, when she can't she perform. Say. Yeah, when she can't perform. Um, I'm going to stand in. That makes sense. Because I look just like... <laughs> a job about an hour over an hour away so this week i'm i'm recording from a distance so but it won't be like this every week no 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 so just bear with us this week mm-hmm. but anyway yeah should i introduce us i think so hi welcome to legendary lasses i'm ashley i'm kb i'm sally and today is sally a sally sewed a sally sewed so, have y'all, like, this is um, a new story that's been circulating around, especially around Dallas the past couple of weeks. It's about um, this set of parents 
Um, the mother is a pediatrician, and the father, um, I don't know what he did. You're interrupting me. Sorry, I hate that. It's fine. I ate so much McDonald's. <laughs> so, um, they have a um, pair of, uh, set of, oh yeah, they have twin boys. They divorced in 2016. And um, they're still having a custody battle over their seven-year-old twins. Uh, one of which, born, born James, identifies as a girl. Oh. Yeah, okay. and refers to herself as Luna. Luna. Yeah, so yes, girl. Yeah, so the mom is fighting to modify joint custody to like restricts the dad's rights over over the twins and like requires the dad to use, you know, she her pronouns. Okay. Just, okay. you know, like interesting. I haven't yeah, thought about this. Yeah, and um and the father initially like was pushing back like I mean, he had some valid points like um with the mother making crucial decisions um regarding with well, without his input, but I, when I first read about this case, mm-hmm. um, it was from a conservative news source. Okay. Uh, and so it was like, the mom is wanting to chemically castrate her son. Uh, da, 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 da. And I was like, well, first off, that's not how that works. No. And dad has been using it a lot as publicity. Okay. Like, he said that he uh, re- finds comfort in the attention from the public. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like, mm. he had a website and a GoFundMe page, and he raised over, uh, like, $139 million, or not million, $139,000. For what? For what? For, like, GoFundMe. legal charges and, like, stuff like that. And it was, like, this website was just, like, protect James or something like that. It was really okay. crazy. And then... How old is Luna? Seven. She, okay. She's seven years old. Okay. So it's not, like, a four-year-old who might no, just no, be like no. playing around no like this is a seven-year-old yeah and the father said that it's quote more important for the public to know what's going on with the court than to have his child live a private life end quote no it's not exactly first of wait all. he said it's more important for the public to have access to that information than for his yeah. child yeah. to it was it was it sounded more like propaganda it didn't it sound sounds like, like propaganda yeah so and, wait, okay hold on hold on where are these quotes coming from i found them i had to because like i when i was wanting to when i was digging into this i was like i need to find the, like a very unbiased news source sure and i i ended up going to like i had to go to like bbc and forbes okay sure and like and like that's insane and other, like, it, it made it sound like the mom's forcing the child to transition mm. and making it sound like the child's going to start the process of gender reassignment, like, today. Mm. Which, first off, that's not how that works. No, no. <laughs> like, like, you have to be old enough. Like... Well, the thing is, like, if, in the case of Luna, like, if uh, later on down the line, like, you know, once... Luna starts around the age of like nine or ten. Once they start puberty, mm-hmm. they would take hormone blockers, right. which it stops the hormones from puberty beginning. Right, and and then once they're old enough, like in their um, in you know late teens, they can start hormone therapy and all that stuff. Yeah, and that's that's just that's just if they are transgender. Like, say you know further down the line, they're on hormone blockers, and they're like, you know what, it's just a phase, like. I identify as a male or you know I'm just non-binary whatever right they can stop taking the um the blockers, the, the blockers 100% reversible and nature takes its course right 
And that's how that goes. Like, it's not... Right. Okay. So, so I, can we talk about this dad's quote? Can we talk about this later? Because, like, this is who... Okay. okay. So, in light of that, what's going on, we are going to learn about Marsha P. Johnson. Who's Do you Marcia know who P. this is? Okay. So, Marcia P. Johnson was a transgender woman who was an LGBTQ rights activist. Mm. and an, an an advocate for trans people of color she's one of the started one the catalyst of the um of the lgbtq mu- movement oh. she was at the stonewall riots oh like started yeah. the stonewall riots oh <laughs> yeah i was about to say i've heard her name because of stonewall so yes. she st- was one of the people that was at stonewall wow yeah Okay, I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, so and her story is, I don't say brief, like, but I don't say short, but like it, it'll open up to a, a okay. very big conversation, obviously. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're going to start. Tell me about Marsha, girl. I'm going to tell you about Marsha. I'm so excited. I know. So Marsha P. Johnson was born Malcolm Michaels Jr. on August 24th, 1945. In New Jersey, Elizabeth, wow. New Jersey. Oh, yeah. So, grew up with a Christian upbringing, mm. and around the age of like four or five, started engaging in like cross dressing and like you know wearing dresses. Okay. Um, and then was obviously quickly you know, reprimanded for that. Okay. Um, so she she was wearing dresses of like her own volition, like yeah. it wasn't like a like playing around game that like she did with yeah. siblings or something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like wanting to wear dresses i see okay and i was watching a documentary it's called pay it no mind the life and times of marcia p johnson uh-huh. i believe you can find it on youtube it's about 55 minutes okay and it has just clips of an interview that happened in 92 and interviews it's really it's very interesting mm. but she was saying that um that she doesn't remember being like picked on or you know read up about it but it's kind of surprising since she was born in I mean, 45 but i think i think i mean i think obviously she would have some right but um she does remember that a 13 year old boy sexually assaulted her oh my god or, or not sexually but like had sex with her at a young age okay and it i um it was it was she talked about it in a very flippantly it was very interesting okay wait hold on like how young like a child like not i don't want to say no i would say probably like and she didn't say what age but i mean i would safely assume like eight or nine whoa yeah and then she was just like i didn't know people could have sex you know like they were able to do that like yeah because she was a child yeah and he was 13? Yeah. So anyway. Um, KB, if you could see my face right now. <laughs> so by the time she was 18 and graduated high school, she was like, I, and from the documentary, she's like, I had my, like, I just needed my diploma in my hand. Mm. And she, that's when she moved out. Oh, wow. She's, she had a bag full of clothes and $15 in her pocket. Oh, my God. And she went to New York City. Oh my god. To specifically Greenwich Village. Okay. Obviously coming straight from you know, straight from home. And she was homeless and had to prostitute. 
to make ends meet. Eventually, she found her way to the drag scene on Christopher Street. Okay. And found joy amidst the the nightlife there with the drag queens and started experimenting with drag. Eventually, I don't know when, but I know uh, she changed her name to Marsha P. Johnson eventually. Mm -hmm. The P meaning pay it no mind. Oh. Yeah, she would say that to like anti- and you know antagonizers, you know. Oh, pay it no mind. That's so cute. Yes. Okay. And then Johnson is from um the restaurant um Howard Johnson, oh. like the ice cream place. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where she hung out sometimes. Where'd Marsha come from? Um, when she was experimenting with her name, she would go as like. She would change her name like Marsha or Black Marsha, so that's how. Yeah, doing drag, she designed her own costumes. Most like they like mostly from like thrift shops. Oh wow! And like people were saying, like she's a fucking she was a queen of the gift shop of the, the thrift shop. Yeah. Like they could go in there with just a few dollars, and she could come out with like a full costume. Yeah, and she's like you know she'd alter it and you know change it up and add stuff. She's also very well known for having wearing like elaborate like flower crowns. Oh, so she would sometimes like she would use all of her earnings. Like some, you know, sometimes it'd just be like ten dollars. Yeah, and like you're gonna use all of yours. Like oh, she and she bought like ten dollars worth of flowers and put them all in her hair. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and there are pictures where she is just oh, she looks so beautiful and has just this beautiful flower crown. And she would sometimes put like fairy lights and stuff and. I'm so excited to find pictures for our Insta post about this. She's episode. phenomenal, and there are times where, like, obviously, she, like she was home- homeless, mm. and she would sleep under like the uh, the tables of the flower stands on flat, you know. And, oh my yeah. gosh! And so they'd give her flowers and stuff. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, and people, uh, like, everyone, there was. So many accounts of saying how generous she was and mm. how kind she was to everybody. Mm. And like someone, there was an interview where someone was like, yeah, so we, you know, we pulled all our money together. We only had a few dollars. So we went to the grocery store and just bought like a box of cookies and we're heading down to the pier. And Marsha was handing out cookies to people. And by the time we got to the uh, to the pier, we didn't have any more cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, because they were like, because she knew that like, you know, some of the kids there were homeless. And so yeah. we just, you know, give something to brighten their day. It was so She's cool. So yes. So we're gonna. Uh, I want to be like Marsha. She was lovely. So we're gonna jump forward to June twenty eighth, nineteen sixty nine. Okay. This was the day of the Stonewall riots mm-hmm. on Christopher Street in New York. So I mean, during this time, this was the late sixties. So for a while, homosexuality has—I mean, it's it's illegal. Like uh-huh. in some state, if they found if someone was gay, they could like institutionalize you they sometimes people were castrated it was it was a very very dangerous time to be anything that wasn't a wasp (laughs) right and by wasp i mean white anglo-saxon protestant (laughs) yes so for people that don't know um for the, at the Stonewall riots, like, so June 28th, 1969. At this time, like, the Stonewall Inn was constantly being raided by the police because mm-hmm. of activity, with, you know, especially with the gay community over there. Every time that, you know, the, they would just throw their hands up, you know, and surrender and just kind of leave. But yeah. this night wasn't... <laughs> 
right. it didn't happen like that someone it was the police came in there and the details are a little washy mm. i hear some people like it was depending on the source it says that uh marcia was the first person like she threw a shot glass at the at, the, at one of the mirrors and says i was like i got my i got my civil rights Mm. And apparently that was referred to as the shot glass heard around the world. <laughs> yeah. <sure>. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other sources say that um, she didn't get there until like 30 minutes after it started. Because it started about like 1.30 in the morning. She's mm. like, I didn't get to there until 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, but whether like, uh, whether or not what it would, what's the truth or what is it, like she was there at Stonewall. Right. Um, and like that, it, that was the catalyst of the LGBT movement. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Being that it's such a dangerous time to, I'm just gonna say, be different. Yes. How was the drag scene? Like, do we know like the history of the drag scene at this point? So because... at this point, it it's still emerging. Okay. And even within the gay community drag is its own i don't want to say subculture but it's its own little thing right and i'm gonna i'll touch on that earlier or later on with about uh, with gay pride and okay. with the pride parades and everything i'm just wondering because like like we're i get what you're saying yeah but this was more i get i understand what like, you're saying like doing drag as dangerous or could they just kind of claim it's entertainment no it was still different okay. like it was dangerous if not more got you um and and i'm gonna and i'll and i'm gonna touch on that a little bit later so after stonewall there's protests and Mm -hmm. parades and and during this time marcia became a very big advocate and i don't know figure for lgbt rights Mm -hmm. and uh, she quickly became a prominent figure in the community and 1972 she started uh, she was in uh, performed with a drag theater company called hot peaches where she did all kinds of stuff and like Mm -hmm. the the person that um that started the company was just like you have <laughs> and yes. I was I would definitely watch like and watch that documentary that I um that I mentioned yeah <laughs> also in the early 70s Marsha started um with who did she start this with uh, with Sylvia Rivera who's another trans um activist in the LGBT community start started um an organization called DAR which is Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries so this is um, an organization that helped homeless trans youth mm. and LGBTQ youth um, because, again, this was a time where if someone came out or if your parents found out that you were gay, like, right. you, you were shunned. Like, you were basically kicked out. Yeah. Which, if anyone, like, I would also read about Sylvia Rivera. She has an extraordinary story regarding that. I, I don't want to get into it a lot, but, like, she ran away from home when she was, like, 10 or 11 because, oh yeah. And that's when she went to to New York City, and that's when she found Marsha, and that's and Marsha just took her under her wing. I love that they found each other. Yes, that's- yeah, oh. yeah, and she has an extraordinary story, and they were like attached at the hip. Oh, yeah. That makes me so happy. <laughs> they found each other. Yeah. So she was doing, in 1975, she met someone, an artist. Can y'all guess who? 75. Um, I have a guess, but I think it's wrong. I th- Just guess. Is it Warhol? Yes. 
Oh my god, really? Yes. Oh so my god. like Andy Warhol featured her in a, a series called uh, titled Ladies and Gentlemen. And it featured uh, drag queens and transgender and, and like the nightclub scene. It's oh my god. It's phenomenal. Okay, we're gonna have to like put this on the Yes. The page. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, okay. yes. And the gallery that it was at like Marsha's friends were wanting to go look at them but they couldn't even make it through the door because they were gay so I'm sorry you're having an exhibit about drag queens but it wasn't but that wasn't Warhol's rule it was just like the gallery that it was at or where it wherever it was yeah but this gallery has I know. an exhibit about mm-hmm. drag queens mm-hmm. and transgender mm-hmm. and you're not gonna mm-hmm. w- yeah well and that reminds me of like during the popularity of jazz and all that stuff and you had all these American musicians and artists and you know they're not even allowed to come in through the front door and yet they're headlining you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it has that same kind of feel to me oh yeah 100% oh yes oh yes so like I was saying at this time like we're, we're when Marsha was in New York she lived in New York. She was uh, she was homeless, but um, eventually she li- she was living with Randy Wicker, who was an activist now. Um, and at the time, I believe so. Like they found out she was uh, she was homeless when they brought her in one night. Just she was, it was really cold. She's like I'll sleep on the floor, like whatever. And uh, Randy said she came in one night. She said I'm gonna sleep on the floor, and she stayed there for twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> But but she helped out uh, Randy and his uh, his partner. I believe his name was Gary. I don't remember. But yeah. Mm. So earlier you're talking about drag queens in the LGBT community at this time. Yeah. So there were pride parades, things like that, and the gay community did not want drag queens or transgender at the time it was transvestite uh-huh. yeah so they were like they they just they with like if you were a drag queen or transgender you were a minority within a minority right and that's and on top of that Marcia's a black transgender woman like this yeah in the six or in the 60s and 70s like she takes all the wrong boxes <laughs> exactly um and it just this is gonna sound really wrong but i i forgot what serial serial is um the green river killer the one that killed all the prostitutes yeah it's like the the less dead yeah yeah, that's what I thought of when I was uh, watching or yeah. just like reading on this. And they wouldn't allow Sylvia or Marsha to march in these parades or any drag queens. So what they did was they got to the parade early and like started marching w- way before oh, <laughs> the parade started. So it was like they were like leading the parade. This is amazing. <laughs> Which was, I thought, was just the, the most genius thing yeah. ever. It's so dramatic. It is. It is. It is. And I thought that was just very smart. But also, like, hilarious. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm sorry if I'm being all over the place. Like, she it just has an extraordinary story. Like I said, she was just this fountain of positivity and um, was just very generous and gracious to people. Mm. And was just so kind. And watching interviews with her, I mean, she talks with a smile. Like, 
she's just you know what I mean like she must be sleeping with a coat hanger in her mouth as my mom would say (laughs) but but with this she also fought social mores uh the police um it was like I mean she was arrested she's you know it's said that she got shot oh my god she, like you know she had you know there were this again this was the late this was the 70s like you're yeah. gonna and she developed a, a very a thick skin she as you have to. to yeah um and she also faced mental illness mm. nothing really said what it exactly was if i there's several accounts of people were saying like uh one t- one day they were going to the pier to sunbathe and Marsha took off her clothes and was having other people try to take their clothes off and p- put them in the river she's like well I'm making an offering to my father Neptune okay yeah and was eventually going down the pier like naked as you know naked as Jaybird. yes and she um had you know stayed at psychiatric hospitals had stints at hospital psychiatric hospitals where they would just give her thorazine and like she would just be oh, yeah just be a zombie thorazine not great yeah and you know, take her back out to the public and she would just be a zombie for yeah. a few weeks and then just return back to normal yeah it was also said that there are times where she'd be violent and she was say she would say that that's Ma- uh, that's Malcolm her male name, you know. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It, it didn't say how frequent it happened, but it happened. But it was never Marsha who was violent. It was Malcolm. Who yes. Was- yes. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. So um, that makes me wonder if there's like a, I don't know, a certain degree of like a multiple personality sort of, or I guess... Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting because referring to herself as two different people. Mm-hmm. It, it, it could also, and this is like amateur psychologist, Ashley. Yeah. The kind of delusions <laughs> of grandeur of Neptune being my dad. Mm-hmm. It, it could be schizophrenia or form of schizophrenia. That's what I was thinking or that, you yeah. know, there, that's what I saw a few times. Yeah. But there was nothing saying, you know, a, a, I mean, a we diagnosis. Would ne- we never know for yeah. sure without, like, breaking into her exactly. <laughs> medical records. Yeah. So, Thorazine, though, being an antipsychotic, it might yeah. it probably mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this, and this is going on in the 70s and the 80s, mm. which takes us to the early 90s, which is also time of the AIDS crisis. Mm. Um, oh, please don't. So, I talked about how she lived with uh, Randy Wicker and his partner. I believe his name was Gary. I don't remember. It's mentioned in the uh, in the documentary. And Gary had AIDS. Mm-hmm. And um, in 92, 1992, on June 26, she had an interview and she was talking about how she was like, I was I was there when he died. Like I helped him and everything. And I I thought he would be in so much pain, but he just kind of just went. It was very interesting. But anyways, That's an she, interesting statement. Yeah. And um, um, in this interview on July, June 26, 1992, she announced that she was HIV positive oh. and she was diagnosed in 1990. 
Mm. Yeah. And so <sighs> this is where we go on July 6, 1992. At the age of 46, Marsha's body was found in the Hudson River off the West Village Piers. Oh. oh. Yeah. So this was, there was some pride event and um, she was last seen getting harassed by people and um, the police first ruled that it was a suicide. <laughs> but despite people of the community saying that she wasn't suicidal, I mean, Sylvia Rivera, she was saying that her and Marsha made a pact that if it would get bad, they would cross River Jordan together. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ashley, you look like you're about to cry. in 2012 they reopened the case Mm. and that's shown in a documentary called the death and life of marcia p johnson where they try to find more stuff about what happened um it comes to very inconclusive um they rule i think they re-rule it saying that it was um her cause of death was by drowning whether or not that was from fleeing or by suicide we'll never know but it, we um a lot of people think it's from fleeing from an attack that like she just jumped into the river yeah and away from somewhere. yeah was there an autopsy done they didn't say or not hmm. i'd be very interested to know if it was indeed drowning that killed her because people yeah. are saying that like she had like some kind of head wound on the back of her head so hmm. listen maybe she was getting attacked and she had to flee so i don't know but or they so, killed her during the river. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were saying that, you know, at the time of her around the time of her death, like the in the days before she was getting becoming fragile, just emotionally. Mm-hmm. And Randy says, um, he's like, Maybe she was just having an episode and maybe she saw her father in the river or she was trying to cross the river to get home, or you know, I don't know. Mm. It was very interesting. But, like, no one was with her? No one was with her. It seems very strange because it feels like she's always around yeah. someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I can't answer those questions no, for you. No, of course not. Um, but I, I do want to fl- flash forward to today. 50 years after the Stonewall riot, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera are going to have a monument built. Making them the first trans- transgender people to have a monument built in America. Like, I just almost like burst out into tears. I've already cried, <laughs> cried like five times today. I know. Okay. So, and then also in 2015, um, the Marsha P. Johnson Institute was established, and that uh, the mission of the institute is to defend and protect the human rights of transgender and gender non-conforming communities, oh. specifically Black, transgender yeah. youth. Marsha P. Johnson, everybody. <laughs> they have, like, a donations page that maybe we could link? Let's see. I have to say, Sally. What? This is quite a legendary last. <laughs> a very legendary us. last. So, yeah, there is a, where you could donate. The website is called Marsha, M-A-R-S-H-A-P dot org. Okay. And there is a donate button. Great. Um, so we'll make sure to link that. Yes. We'll link it in the Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. post too. Yeah. But let's yeah. get them some money. Mm-hmm. Um, so do y'all want to take a little bit of a break? And then afterwards we can talk about, I know with 
this will open up a big can of worms. Sure. And um, I know this will be a very big conversation. Do we want to take a little bit of a break? And come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. You guys enjoy your ad. Um, we also do have a promo for another podcast you might like. Yeah. It is called Horrifying Histories. So please enjoy. And we'll be back with you shortly. A fact is something unchanging and can be verified. Opinion, on the other hand, is subjective and a person's point of view. History contains not only facts, but opinions to fill in the gaps. And it's these interpretations that feed urban legends. My name is Brenda, and I'm the host of Horrifying History, where you will hear about the unexplained, paranormal, and supernatural happenings that has stained the pages of history. Join us to hear these tales, and you can make up your own minds about what really happened in history. You can find us on any major podcast provider and on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to join our conversation. So, what are we talking about to bring us up into this big conversation? Hmm. <laughs> can we, okay, maybe we take this step by step. Can we go back to the dad's quote about this case? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you look like you don't want to. I don't want to talk about this freaking frick wad. Just. <sighs> Okay, I want to talk. He's a poopy head. (laughs) He has a poopy head. (laughs) I don't like him. But I think it says a lot about what he's doing when you're reading his quotes. He's capitalizing on, like, he's, he's, he's using fucking, like, I don't know, fucking. Well, using the press to propagate yeah first of all but then he's also using it to make money for his own gain and exploiting his child in the process yeah i can't use words bothers me the most Mm -hmm. yeah because like parent wants the best for their child right what's best for them is definitely not getting the entire world in their business like that's you know. Especially something that's still seen as so taboo. Yeah. You know, like- and I mean, and this guy even freaking got the he's getting support from like Ted Cruz. Oh. Yeah, who like they're that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Man himself. Sorry, I shouldn't say that about it, people, but he like if you look in his eyes too long, I feel like he seems lizardy. That's because he's the Zodiac Killer. Hello. I probably will get sued for slander if I say that, right? Probably. Well, Maybe we can this Ted Cruz stuff out. No, I'm leaving yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't scared no Ted Cruz. Oh, if dear. I turn, if I turn up missing and or dead mysteriously, though, y'all know who did it. Yep. Well, I did also read... 
just read a few like a few hours ago before I actually got here. Um that like two thousand people signed a letter um in protest of Ted Cruz. So I don't know. <sighs> okay, L- moving on. That that dad is is not wanting the best for his child. Anyway. Yeah. And I because I was talking about this with um with my parents and um some older people. Just to you know, we're just talking about it. just came from conversation. And they were concerned about well he's well he the 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 child's too young. And I was like, well, for what? For for uh, identifying, or not identifying, but yeah, identifying themselves as trans. Or like, you know. Um, well, I don't think the child is doing that. The child says, no, I'm Luna. Exactly. Is, um, and what I told my, or what I, what I said in response to that. And I was like, so you're saying that they're too young to make that decision. And they're like, yeah, I was like, well. So we enforce children who are much younger than her. Exactly. And like, and I was saying that like people don't give credit a lot of credit to kids. No, they don't. Because I was, and I was like, which I'm like, they're like they're innocent. Well, why are they innocent? They're innocent because they don't. I don't want to. I don't know how to say, it, but like they don't. They um very fresh view on everything and like it's a very um it's not i don't want to say jaded by like by what is quote unquote the the status quo so isn't their thoughts and their feelings more authentic and real yeah because there isn't anything influencing it like society like the rules of society yeah i think it's interesting that we talk about like oh you should have faith like a child or imagination like a child yeah but it's like but what? But but then you say, oh, but they're a child. It's like you're you're just contradicting everything yeah. you're saying, and that was a that was my big thing. Yeah. And someone was saying, well, why don't they just wait until they're like eighteen? And I was like, well, that would just fuck with their psychology because if they wait until they're eighteen, they're going through puberty yeah. as something that they don't identify as so you have depression on top of the fuck the fuck the fuck ton of hormones that are happening with puberty and then you have to start hormone therapy which is going through puberty again like that's up my and i was telling my mom about that she's like that's a fucking bullet to the head like and that's why there's such a high suicide rate with you know with not only trans kids but also just lbgt you know lgbt kids yeah no and i mean you're right like they are not like like we kind of said at the beginning this is a, a situation where what is happening with luna can be worse mm-hmm. if luna decides differently yeah it's not a forever decision until they start making that process really the yeah. transition. yeah which happens when they're older and they're not a child yeah but anyway mm-hmm yeah, and I, I just don't like that this is exploiting his child for gain. Yeah, and I saw I found I found this article like on on Facebook, <laughs> a very reliable resource. Uh-huh. But um, I was reading the comments 
and they're like, uh, oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, like, thank God this, this dad's doing his job. They don't do very appalling things that, yeah. See, that's the thing. No matter which side of the debate you're on, like, the one thing we should be able to agree on is that people shouldn't exploit their children. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's where I'm with this dad is that he's like very obviously and openly exploiting the situation for his own gain or yeah. you know whatever it is he gets out of it. Um, well, as, as far as I'm aware and like maybe I need to look into this more but as far as I'm aware the mother isn't going to the press no and but and like the mom is receiving threats um, she's right. yeah and all of she's just like i'm just trying to be a supportive parent like i'm just right. i'm trying to give my kid a fair shot and right. i'm just doing it in the way that I, the best way i think i, I should you know yeah. and yeah mm. yeah so so the, you said that they're divorced right yeah when did they get divorced 2016 and so Luna's seven. So how old was Luna when they got divorced? Uh, probably like five, four. Yeah, four or five. So around the time, I believe it was like when she was three or four, she started identifying as female. Okay. But she was not living with her dad. Luna's been living with her mom. I believe so. It doesn't say anything where where the kid was at. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. I got some thoughts and opinions about that, but mm -hmm. I don't want to go too much into it because I want to focus about Marsha. Yeah. And that, that's what I wanted to talk about as well, where talk about as of recent, well, not, yeah, as of recently, there have been, um, have you been hearing about murders of black trans women? Yeah. And I wanted to bring that up again. It's, you know, 50 years later after, yeah. you know, it's, we're still facing the same, the same problems uh -huh. of minorities within a minority. Within a minority. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and I'm like, we should, like, there, there is power in numbers. Why aren't we all sticking together? Right. And it just, it still baffles me. Yeah. Where, you know, someone that started this movement is fucking getting the, you know, a lot of... It's, <laughs> it bothers me that LGBTQ plus now mm -hmm. um, has come such a long way and has been able to accomplish a lot within a very short period of time. Oh, yeah. But the fact that there's still so much prejudice against... Like, I think... I'm going to say kind of younger people are, you know, pretty hip <laughs> to the to homosexuality. And it's kind of like not a thing to worry about. Yeah. Um, but it, it does boggle my mind that I do hear people who are in that same category talk about trans in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, but trans has been part of this movement since Inning. Yeah. It's not just a fad that everyone's jumping on. Like, trans people have existed since humanity existed. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, how, what? Why? 
Yeah. Why are we so stuck on that like once you move from one thing it's just another hurdle to get over do you know what I mean yeah and I think I think right now we are in there's gonna be a big paradigm shift regarding gender Mm. and I think people are just now barely starting to accept just um sexual orientation oh yeah so I think that's a big part of it yeah I'm curious to see what happens with gender gender identification in our lifetime yeah because I think I mean, I think we're already kind of starting to see it a little bit with, like, gender-neutral restrooms or Mm -hmm. being able to change your sex on your driver's license in some states. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think, as always, the the hardest part is getting the community mindset shifted Mm -hmm. and, like, talking to people who aren't comfortable using they. Yeah, I I don't – I feel kind of uncomfortable with that. Not because like I'm I'm not accepting, which is my grammar brain is just like that's not right. You know? right, right. <laughs> but um, again, like I I completely respect it. Um, so I'm curious, what do you guys think about adding different pronouns to our language, like besides um, they them adding something I, else? I think I'm totally on board with on board on board with that. Um, talking about that, um, so. There's um, a software out there called Tessitura, and with the new version, they have the option for um, multiple um, pronouns. Oh. I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What pronouns do they list? Um, so, like, um, they, them, I, I don't remember all of them, but, yeah, they, they allow that option in, its new, in the newest version of it. Oh. Yeah. So... I, I feel like I'm thinking about this as in terms of um, KB helped me out with this speculative fiction. I think it's Octavia Butler. Yeah. Wait. Talking about Left Hand of Darkness? Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, like the... Ursula Le Guin. Huh? Um, so, if so, it's Urs- Ursula Le Guin. Sorry. I think I'm talking about aliens who have a different pronoun. Is it like Glaxon? No, it's like Z or something. Okay. So in Left Hand of Darkness, they don't have a different pronoun. Um, And I think it's partly due to the time it was written. Um, Because it was written in like, I don't know, the 70s or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it Octavia Butler then? Is it Lilith Brood that has something like that? So Lilith Brood also has a third gender, but I don't remember if she uses they, them pronouns. I don't think she does. Does she? Okay, so I've seen something that's spelled like Z-E or X-E. Yes, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know that it's in any fiction, but it's, yeah. So is that... And I think the reason I'm thinking about it is because it sounds like something from speculative fiction. Yeah. But is it, is that, I'm going to sound so stupid, but is that within like a working vocabulary of LGBTQ plus community? I think, um, I think so. I don't know. I, I think that they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, that I think is like, <laughs> 
I know a lot of people object to they, them because of grammatical reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They prefer the, like, Z or, you know, that set. But it's just like they, them is already a part of our vocabulary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I remember when I was in, um, especially when I was in school where, like, there were papers and it was just, like, uh, where he, she might do this. And I was like, why don't you just use they? Like, it's kind of both. (laughs) And I was like, that's more efficient. And they're, yeah. Yeah. So I can can definitely see the reasoning behind it. And um, I don't care. And when I say I don't care, I don't mean that I'm indifferent. It's just that, like, I don't, whatever someone's, like, gender identity or sexual orientation, like, that doesn't have any impact on your character or how you treat people. Right. Like, as long as you're not an asshole. Or... I don't care what you call yourself. Exactly. Like, if exactly. you're cool, let's be friends, yo. Exactly. As long as you're not an asshole or an anti-vaxxer. Like... <laughs> anti-vaxxer is where I got a lot in Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, you know, like, for <laughs> But that's all, like, I was like, just, let's, let's just be chill, bro. I don't do yeah. it. And I call everyone dude. Can we use dude? I use bro and dude a lot. And. But I've heard other people don't like that because it is. Um, very masculine. Gender aggressive. But I just like to call people I call you guys dude all the time. Oh, yeah. I hope I don't offend you. No. Okay. Uh, I call people dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think in all seriousness, I, um. I think we just need to be like you just need to respect the journey that everybody's on. Like, yeah. are if they're not hurting themselves or the people around them, and they're happy and how I don't want to say how they express themselves, but um, how they identify themselves. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I then fucking do it. Yeah. Like, like they're not shooting up places with the machine gun. Like well, I don't give a fuck. Like. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, like it's just, again, not that I'm indifferent. Or, that, or just, that it's not important because it definitely is. But like that. But it also doesn't matter to me in deciding whether you're a cool person. Yeah, it's just we all bleed the same. Yeah. Why is it an issue? Yeah. Like, are you happy at the end of the day? Fuck yeah. Go on. Fucking do you. Yeah. And then, like. Yeah. It's that take. It's that do no harm but take no shit attitude, right? Like, exactly. I, Again, pay it no mind. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I feel like we need to close with that. <laughs> Was that the end of the episode? I guess so. <laughs> oh man. Pay it no mind. KB, do you have any any ending remarks? Um. I don't think, I mean, how do you top that? You know? Yeah. That would really wrap that episode up quick. (laughs) Last week, we met Sally's movie corner that was like an hour and a half. Yeah, dude. It was an hour and a half long. You missed, I was like, you cut up my sound cues of the horse. No, I didn't. You did. I didn't hear it. And I heard this episode twice. I left your horse cues. You only did it twice. I don't remember that. And here I'm in there. Well, guess you gotta listen to it a third time to make us more money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about that, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm sorry if it kind of went all over the place. I, I think 
I feel like this is the episode where we went all over the place the least. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very, uh, and I, and I'm, um, again, I'm, I'm sorry if I, like, if um, I got facts wrong or anything like that. Be as historically accurate as I could or just give, like, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going to say maybe, like, folk hero or, you know yes. what I mean? There, yes. There's a certain of it might have been this it might have been this so like it's sometimes hard to get the exact facts i would say exactly so i would um definitely suggest um a few documentaries um there's one called pay it no mind marcia p johnson um that like i said you can find that on youtube it's about 55 minutes i would definitely recommend it and then also the death and life of marcia and that was that's uh, on netflix was made in 2017 and not talk some more about op- reopening the case yeah can you send me links please so we can get it posted yeah Great. and then also um we talked about it earlier but um the marcia p johnson institute that website is marcia p.org and then i'd also um want to shoot over to the trevor project mm. um which is another nonprofit founded it uh it's it's more focused on suicide prevention especially among the lgbtq plus community uh-huh. especially with teens yeah and that website is the trevorproject.org well again thank you for listening to oh, oh yes oh, can i plug something yeah they should also read the script of the laramie yes and i think they made it um uh they did it on i think it's on hbo if you have have hbo go they made they made it a movie in the 90s early 2000s early 2000s 2000s probably and then they also made a movie called stonewall in 2015 yeah so um those (laughs) those just some recommendations we're gonna get some housekeeping notes make sure and follow us on twitter and facebook at legendary lassens any suggestions on topics or people you want to cover or just email us you know just uh just to shoot the shit uh, Ray in the cake versus pie debate. Yes. Also, I have another food re- related debate. Um, okay. Waffles versus pancakes. Ooh, how can you choose? I'm going to go waffles. KB? Okay, listen. <laughs> That's the most serious she said in the whole episode. <laughs> so I can appreciate waffles for the fact that it comes with topping pockets. Right. But I like like the softness of pancakes and they soak up the syrup and like so it's hard for me to pick. See, that's why I like waffles because pancakes get soggy. Yeah. I love when they soak up the syrup. Oh Oh, no. It's too moist. Yeah. I like waffles (laughs) that are crunchy, but they have their pocket the topping pocket. Yeah. Well, now we you can weigh in, in, in on that debate. Waffles versus pancakes. You can email us that at legendarylasses at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, legendarylasses.wordpress. And now we're on several uh, platforms. And uh, we're continuing to expand where our podcast is available. If you happen to use Apple Podcasts or any platform that has a rating system um, please rate, be sure to rate us, leave a review. We, you know, we're still out we're still trying to get our bearings so we, we're trying to just we've like, got four reviews now we have four reviews so any feedback please 
Even if you just say, Sally's laugh is terrible. Or, this podcast sucks. Yeah. Just let us know. Just let us know. Um, but just, yeah, make sure it's a five-star review. Um, if not, we'd still love to hear from you um, by email or Facebook or just, you know, slide into our DMs. Um, let us know what you think. So, thank you again all so much for listening. Now... Are we going to say take chances? I guess we're going to say no. <laughs> now go out, make waves, change history, and stay legendary. And kick some ass and pay it no mind. Woo. This is a good episode. Right? I, was, I feel so proud of this. This is a good episode. I love y'all guys. Whoever's still listening, I love you. Obviously, us here at Legendary Lasses, we are big supporters and allies of the LGBTQ uh-huh. plus community. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so we already did our wrap up, so I guess bye. 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 bye.